Hello, everyone, and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans all the time. My name is Benjamin. I'll be your dungeon master for this campaign. Your players are Shay, Liz, Mel, and Chris, and they are all fabulous. Say hello, everyone. Hello, hello everyone. Hello, I everyone. I was going to do that. You've... Yeah. You. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I usually don't, but... <sighs> Something moved me. <laughs> I am Shay. I use they, them pronouns. I am playing Alusha, who uses she, her pronouns, and she is a noble elf. I'm Liz, my pronouns are she, her, and I will be playing Fern, who is an athlete and a bit of an asshole. Her pronouns are also she, her. I'm Mel. I use they, them pronouns, and I will be portraying Terpsichore, a all-around fun person to be with, and who uses a variety of pronouns. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. As you may have gathered, we are all trans people. If you are also a trans people, come on in, make yourself a home. If you are a cis people, that's fine too. And if you don't know yet, welcome. Pull up a chair, come and hang out. Maybe you'll like it here. We have the most glitter and the best haircuts of anyone in the world. I don't often glitter, but when I do, I glue literal sequins to my face. I literally just put glittery nail varnish on yesterday. Sorry, I'm ready. We are a people. <laughs> uh, this is a real play podcast, so what you're going to hear is an actual campaign recorded as we go along. We don't know what's going to happen any more than you do. Even I only have the faintest idea because this lot will probably go completely off the rails by about session three. Guaranteed. That's just how role-playing games work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're playing D&D 5th edition uh, in a setting that I've homebrewed up, but we're using pretty much the standard rules because I don't like maths enough to change them. <laughs> I, I wish I wish I could claim that the reason we're playing a fundamentally maths-based game is that I liked maths or was good at it, but neither of those things are true. I just really like stories. Valid. I'd have somehow decided to do this. I can't even blame anyone else. This was entirely my idea. Mm. Like, yeah, all of it, beginning to end, this was my idea. Excellent and beautiful idea. <laughs> Thank you. So, we begin in a world at peace. The War of the Gods is over. The world has settled into a new rhythm. The sun rises, the crops grow, and over the old battlefields, the grass is green again. Everything is as it ought to be. But in the wind that blows in from the sea, there's a bitter note beneath the salt. In the temples of the Sleeping Queen, the priests read uneasy omens in the incense smoke, and the blind carp in the divining pools swim backwards. The tide rises and the seasons turn, the treaties hold, and yet there is something stirring on the breeze. In the small kingdom of Brutaland, high up in the western mountains, it is a bright morning in early spring. The streets of Eisenbrook are busy with merchants, scholars, travellers. This is a small city, but a thriving one. And through the crowds, slightly late for her appointment, a small figure is wending. Mel, would you like to introduce your character? <sighs> okay. I'm going to be late. Oh, I'm going to not get this job. This is Terpsichore. She is, or, well, um... Tubsigory is a um elf um with very um 
I don't know. I'm not very good at physical descriptions of characters generally. Um, a general like a general like coppery tones all over from like red hair to like kind of just outside human ranges of like actually copper colored skin mm-hmm. um and like the red eyes to go with it um because Terpsichore is a sorcerer um and the lineage manifests in little ways that you can tell if you're looking for it um Terpsichore is not dressed uh quite as they normally would be um because today they're not going to give a performance today they are going to well after all aren't all job interviews a performance but this one is 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 a different kind of performance where um they're trying to convince somebody to let them deliver post i think that's right we're we're posties right that is what you're hoping so good. Um, Terpsichore is currently like trying to like push through the morning crowds, um, and somehow is like cooking an egg on their hand because they had this idea of eating a raw egg to deal with the hangover, and then couldn't face it. <laughs> it doesn't that work very well it. because they can't cook it very fast. <laughs> A very gently poached breakfast. <laughs> I don't think I have high wisdom. <laughs> I do not have high wisdom. Somehow but... we could tell. <laughs> so as you are fighting your way through the crowds, uh, which are not hostile, just everyone has somewhere else to be and they're not really paying attention to anyone else. Mm. Um, which is not helping with the slightly late problem. No. You reach a, a relatively new building, maybe 30 years old. Uh, the masonry's quite clean and unweathered. And over the front door, there is an emblem carved of crossed feathers, uh, one of which has been cut into a quill. And then even newer and more freshly engraved, above the feathers, there is a crown. And this is the local Guild of Couriers. And as you open the door, you come into a room panelled with dark wood. There's a counter across the back, behind which a tall tiefling is kind of leaning on the wood. And there are various accoutrements around the room, ways you could write your letters, places to stand while you write your letters, and places to sit. And waiting here are a number of other people. Including, who should we pick on first? <laughs> I mean, I'd, I think at the point um, Tepsichore comes up, comes through the door, I'd probably pipe up and say, you're late, the advert said we were supposed to be here whenever the time is. I think I it's missed probably that probably about 9am. Uh, the, the advert said we were meant to be here Be here from 9, you're a, you're a bit late. Uh, yeah, Tepsichore just, like, kind of, like, looks bewildered at this person, still, like, a half, a half-cooked egg, like, on one hand, just, like, <laughs> trying to process words. So, uh, this, uh, the, I should describe our speaker, who is... We're mostly going to be calling her Fern, I'm going to keep the actual name for 
we'll 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 get to that when she introduces herself. Um, she's a fairly short, quite stocky woman. Um, I think at the moment she's probably wearing a sleeveless tunic and in a sort of dark grey, uh, but with some red panels and, and embroidery around the necks. It's, it's it's quite a nice. It's you know sturdy and solid, but actually quite sort of nice and art, artfully done. And she's fairly short, very muscular, quite a lot of calluses on the hands. I think there's probably um, a few bits and pieces um, around her waist, including what looks awfully like the sort of bag of chalk a climber might uh, might keep around. Um, and I think from the, I think on not getting a reaction, she probably gets back to patiently waiting for whatever's going to happen. Would anyone else like to? Is anyone else? Would anyone else like to say anything, or are you all just waiting? Why don't you pick someone? I'm asking what you're doing. What me? Would uh, anyone? Everyone. Anyone. Well, I don't blame them for trying to stay out of the sun, but uh, I think they have a different reason for that than I do, and. Is that an egg in your hand? I, like, so Sigri just looks down at it, kind of shamefacedly, like, I thought I could save time by cooking it on the go as, like, just globs of, like, egg roll off the top. There is, like, it's cooked at the bottom. Rill is, is grimacing a little behind his veil and definitely judging you. That's fair. Uh, Rill is a sort of purpley ochre drow with these uh, red eyes and this uh, black hair. He's only five, five or so, and um, he is trying to stay as far away from any windows in this place as possible. It is quite well lit. There are two big glass windows in the front wall. So it's probably not the most comfortable. No, but it's better than being outside, I suppose. Which, which is unfortunate, because this is the point at which the tiefling behind the counter looks up and sort of counts heads between you and there are actually several other people waiting here as well, and says, well, I think that's everyone we're going to get. Could you all come through, please, if you're here for the interviews? Sure. And he opens a fold-up flap in the counter and lead you through a, a briefly through a room at the back and into a courtyard outside. Hmm. There are a couple of carts here, but they don't look like they're set up for long distances. There's also set up for the occasion some straw dummies and wooden posts and the tiefling who is sort of tan human colored with an abundance of freckles across his nose gestures at these and says right i assume you will know what you're here for we're looking for new detached deliveries so you'll be going through wild places distant lands places not 
the best policed and we just want to know that you can hold your own we don't want to send anyone out to get themselves killed so I am we'd now like holding you to just show us that you can defend yourselves yes yeah uh, so uh, i am now holding a great sword um i wasn't <laughs> before there is nowhere i could have been hiding it that just happened cool. sure why don't you go first just go and have a swing at something show me you can use that thing so from where i'm standing i shoot a bolt of fire out of my hand at the uh at the uh furthest dummy from me i guess fantastic roll an attack for me okay uh <coughs> probably should have got these dice ready beforehand uh so that's a 21 yeah, you land a neat hit right in what would be the chest of this rough straw dummy, and it singes and rocks slightly on its stand. And the tiefling nods in a respectful, yeah, you can you can do what you look like you can do kind of way and says, that's fine. Yeah, okay, Martel, you can go next. And this young, still got acne he's maybe 17 young human steps forward with an iron sword clasped in both hands despite being a short sword and he runs screaming at the nearest dummy and stops just shy of it and pauses for a moment and then starts laying about it with his sword clasped in both hands and <laughs> The tiefling is, is watching this very politely. And after 10 or 15 seconds says, Martel, that, that's fine. Thank you. Uh, you know what? Maybe next year. And Martel, his face falls and he kind of, okay. Should I get back to sorting that? I think you should probably, yes. Trudges his way back indoors. And as he passes, you notice he's already wearing the Courier's Guild emblem on his tunic. He's probably desperate for this promotion because it would be so cool. He is in no way ready. He trudges his way back indoors. And the tiefling looks around you for the next volunteer and says, who's next? And unless anyone else is stepping forward, his eyes will fall on your character, Shay. That would be me. Yeah. So my character is Alusha. Um, she is an elf um, of noble birth. Um, she is about 200 years old, um, which is around uh, 26 in elven years. Um, and she, um, she has amethyst uh, waist-length hair that's braided into a half ponytail. Um, her skin is olive-toned, slightly weathered and scarred um, from travel, uh, and uh, long years of um, toil that uh, maybe can't really be parsed out immediately. Um, 
Her eyes are quicksilver with flecks of gold. Um, she's about five nine, um, and she's a gender fluid woman. Uh, sometimes a gender, but most of the time, she's femme and femme presenting. Um, so her pronouns are she her, um, and she has been pretty much silent uh, up until this point um, when she is called forward. Um, and she brings out uh, her bow and arrow um, and makes a shot for uh, one, of the, one of the marks. Could you roll that attack for me? Which dice is that? So you, you roll a d20, which is, is the biggest one. Biggest one, the one with the most sides. Okay. The one with the most sides is the d20. Which you, you will roll that almost all the time when you're trying okay. to do something. Got it. So everyone knows I, I am clearly the baby, uh, and I will lean into that as much as possible. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's an 11. And, and it's plus, um, plus what? I mean, it'd be plus dexterity, plus proficiency. Thank you. I am also somewhat of a baby in terms of how the rules work, which is, of course, why I'm in charge. Yay. <laughs> okay, so then my dexterity is three and proficiency is uh, two. So that's plus five, so it would be so 16. Be plus five, so it'd be 16. Okay, so yeah, that's yeah. fine. You, you pull back and you take your sights on one of the wooden poles and you loose, and you maybe hit a bit off-center, but it's solidly in the chest area. You know, it's, it's a good height. It, it sinks into the wood. It doesn't bounce off or turn upside down in midair. And, and the tiefling watches this and nods and says, okay, that's fine. Let's stick with the bows. Could, nod could back silently. Yeah. <laughs> and he... he um, looks at the other person present who's carrying a bow, which is not someone any of you are playing. I'm paper over here. This will go so much smoother when we have any practice at all. I promise. <laughs> so the the other person carrying a bow is in fact a halfling in Fairly drab clothes. Halflings tend to prefer more colours, but this one is is wearing a lot of greys and browns. And she unslings this short bow, which for her is not especially short, and pulls back and sights along it and neatly sends her arrow just to the right of yours, sticks in the wood. She clearly knows what she's doing with this, gets herself a nod. Then a dwarf steps up. Very solidly built. Not wearing any armour, carrying this enormous, for a dwarf, very heavy looking battle axe. And she kind of fights along it as if she was also using a bow and then whips it back over her shoulder, charges forward and thunk takes a good chunk out of the base of that same pole. And the tiefling slightly winces with the air of someone who's now going to have to replace that one. 
<laughs> and says, yeah, that's fine. You're in. And looks towards, let's pick on Rill. Oh, good. Um, well, alrighty then. Uh, Rill is going to walk up to one of the uh, untouched dummies Mm-hmm. And he is going to um, lay his hands on it. And if I can get this to do what I want it to do. Uh, he's going to cast Inflict Wounds. Ooh. The target would have to save on that, I think? Yes, I think so. And since it's a... Um, it's a straw dummy, so it doesn't get a save. Thing. Yes. Um, mm. So if you could just um, roll damage for it. Yep. Uh, it's... Um... Spell attack normally, but just we'll we'll need that next next time it comes up. Uh, we will need. Thank you. No, you're right. Yeah. We will need that next time it comes up. Yeah. So I'm I'm just gonna uh, yeah, just roll damage because this is a straw dummy. Yeah. It's it is not defending itself, and you have grabbed it. So we'll we'll uh, let that go. 14. Okay. So the the straw dummy kind of shreds. It doesn't quite work as well as you might hope because it, it, the spell works better on things that are alive or at least animate mm-hmm. but these slashes do run straight through the straw like some kind of set of claws has just slashed through it and bits of straw drift down and the chunks fall off and as with the pole this is definitely going to need to be replaced there's an appreciative, that yeah, was pretty good, kind of look. He says, yeah, you're fine. Sorry about the poll. And Rail is going to go back and uh, stand with <sighs> everybody else again. It, it's fine. Straw's cheap. Um, and he'll glance over at the other person who is wearing obvious religious symbols, because I know you have symbols of the moon on your veil. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is also a human present who is wearing a sash which is embroidered quite artistically with sort of a twisting thread culminating in a spindle who has the same not heavily armed look and he is in addition to, to the religious symbol carrying a sword and he kind of shrugs and glances at the dwarf who shrugs back at him. And he draws the sword and runs up to, to one of the dummies and puts a neat pair of slashes across the chest. And they're not very hard. And the tiefling has this, hmm, not sure. And then he looks between this human and, and, and the dwarven barbarian and kind of nods to himself and says, okay, we'll take both of you. And he'll glance at um, over at uh, Tepsikiri and say, your turn, I guess. Cool. Tepsikiri has been like surreptitiously wiping egg off of her hand onto like <laughs> some sort of web. And now just like he might have left you towards the end because he wanted to let you finish your breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh I look 
at the straw, like, dummies, just kind of a little nervous, and then, um, kind of, and then, like, I, I take a, I take a long pause as I think about what to do, mm-hmm. and then I just run up and, like, grab one of them, um, <laughs> around the middle, and, no, 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 this isn't ridiculous, <laughs> and then, um, it starts kind of, um, sizzling and flashing, but not in, um, but hopefully not catching fire. In a and way I kind of like doing damage to it, or a way where you're doing illusions to it? Uh, I'm using Shocking Grasp. Okay, so you've got like sparks and lightning and maybe some little singed yeah. places. And then um, I just kind of like look at the not very visually impressive effect, and I'm like, I could also... I've also got a really big stick I can hit it with. And I point at my really big stick. The tiefling goes... Sure, show me the stick. Um, do you want me to roll for stick? Yes, please, uh, roll for stick. Um, I'm not bad with stick. Um... I believe you, but he doesn't know that. Um, what's the AC of this straw dummy? Low. <laughs> okay, does an 8 hit its AC? Yes. Fantastic. It's a straw dummy. I hit the straw dummy with my stick. Could you roll damage for that, please? Absolutely. Um, should I roll damage for the shocking grass as well, or should I skip that part? Well, we, we already skipped it, I guess. Um, that's fair, that's fair. I probably should have done um, and then you maybe could have blown it up and he would have been very impressed. Um, that's unlikely it does D8 damage. Um, um, uh, that is 8 damage. So that's pretty good, yeah. you, you It's... Yeah. It's a straw dummy, it's pretty resilient, it doesn't, you know, bruise or anything. But mm. the, the sound of you hitting through the straw into the pole that holds it up goes thuk and solidly echoes across the courtyard, and, and everyone can tell that that is a thoroughly concussed straw dummy. That gets an appreciative <laughs> nod from me. What can I say? I'm a professional. As you are sauntering back... The, uh, the last remaining person um, who also has a sword but looks much more happy with it than the cleric did kind of marches up and in a very business-like fashion stabs the straw dummy through the heart. <laughs> <laughs> Thus passing the test. Lucia, Lucia does, gives a little uh, light clap. <laughs> light applause. Fantastic. So you, you all reassemble and, and the tall tiefling kind of runs a hand through his hair and scratches the back of his head slightly, looking at the, the eight of you, not counting poor Martel, who did not pass, and has slunk back to his job inside and goes, OK, well, that's, that's the two groups we were looking to hire. So um, you two, we'll put you over there. And um, Drow on the other team, I think. So you are on one side, and the dwarf and her human friend are firmly on the other. Probably for the best. Yeah, this is this is exactly what he's thinking. Is let's just avoid you all getting into trouble. And he's then he's kind of assessing. Okay, uh, you two over there. Then we'll have another. I think you three. 
on that side and it kind of divvies you up so there's the dwarf and the human in fact both humans and the halfling rogue on that side and you four on the other and he says okay um if any of you hate that idea and already want to murder your teammates in their sleep speak up otherwise i think that's the groups we'll go with any objections great excellent you four uh if you could go and meet with the guild mistress she'll induct you and i'll take you and do paperwork and then we'll swap um it's the first door on your left sort of points at your little group and as you are looking around to figure out where that door might be uh, you see a you see a, a blonde human woman about five foot six getting a little bit plump in her middle age uh, steps out of her office door with uh, one hand on her hip and gives you a over here sort of gesture to you for the player characters I stride over like an overachiever. She opens the door further and lets you into her office. Do the rest of you follow? I do that, yeah, but with yeah. less um, stuck-upness. <laughs> I, I wouldn't I say think... panache. I was Sorry. trying to not use stuck-upness. <laughs> Galusha takes the rear. The guild mistress quietly shuts the door behind you and goes and Stands behind her desk because there aren't enough chairs for you all to sit down. Kind of sets her hands on the back of her chair, where you see draped over the chair a a, a raggedly, well, not ragged. It's heavily worn and has been repatched and and stitched up and mended several times over. It's a waistcoat that's just covered in pockets, and all of those pockets have something in them. And there's lacing down the side where it's been let out at some point because she would rather make it fit than replace it with one that had different pockets. She knows where everything is. And she leans both her hands on the back of her chair and says, So, you want to join the Guild of Couriers? Yes. This is the, fir- yes. this is the first time Alicia says anything. I do believe that's why we are here. Hmm. Well, Orlan thinks you're up to the job. Okay. How this works is you don't have to work exclusively for us. But when you take a job, we expect you to do it. You're a team, you'll get commissioned as a team, you'll get paid as a team. If you don't want to work with these people in your team, that's fine. Tell us at the end of a run, we will rearrange you. We don't send people out on their own on this kind of long distance thing because it's too dangerous. So if any of you were harboring fantasies of being a lone wolf, that's not how we operate. Everyone okay with that? Yep. I mean. Mm-hmm. Good. You don't have to work exclusively for us, but you only work for us when it comes to being a courier. We can't have our own people competing with us. So don't take side jobs or you're out of the guild. Don't undercut guild prices or you're out of the guild. Don't overstate guild prices and pocket the difference or you're out of the guild this is all very straightforward so i'm going to assume that you are fine with this otherwise you are in the wrong assume correctly you can take jobs on behalf of the guild all and out front can provide you with a list of standard pricing if someone 
accosts you on your journey and says, please take this parcel for me. You can take the parcel for them. Just understand it's guild work. It's not your private side job. She pulls out a drawer from her desk and picks up four medallions. They're not the highest quality in the world. It looks like there's quite a lot of pewter in that silver. And they're strung on just leather cords. Nicely braided, but these are not expensive bits of jewellery. These are just medallions, and they've got the, the guild symbol stamped into them. And she hands one to... Um, sorry, this is my actual... I'm really terrible at names, so despite knowing your characters' names, I'm forgetting them. She hands one to Fern <laughs> as the most keen. Says... Welcome to the guild. Hands one to Terpsichore. Not an oath or something? Just... It's not a sacred calling, love. <laughs> it's a job. I look if you were to become hey. permanent guild staff and be involved in the running of this place, there'd be a bit more detail. But at the moment... We're sending you to carry some packages to some nearby places to see if you can do this job. I guess I just, I don't know. I, I guess I don't see how a job isn't a commitment. It's, it's fine. It's, okay. Are you um, visibly wearing any religious symbols? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah. Like this, I'd probably just a pendant or a medallion or something. Um, like, yeah. I've definitely got one. I just haven't decided what it is yet. That's fine. Liesl's gaze kind of drops to your pendant and back up to your face and goes, don't worry about it. I look slightly confused by the idea of not worrying about something. <laughs> I don't actually say anything. <laughs> She hands Tupsikari a medallion and what is that on your hand? Never mind. <laughs> it's egg. Thanks. You'll fit right in. <laughs> <laughs> Holds one out towards Rill and then kind of pulls it back slightly and says, I have no problem with your kind, Sir Drow, but I would like to see your face. Uh, when I look around, is there is there like a window behind her desk or anything yep, like that? There is a big window behind her desk and it is open Ooh, and the sun is Great. Um, I don't have a problem with that, but if we could step back into the other room, that would be a little more comfortable for me, if you don't mind. All right. And she kind of opens the door and you step out into the hallway which because it's just a corridor doesn't have any all right then he will it's got uh, slit windows so it's not completely dark but there's not any blazing sunlight right okay then he'll like lift his veil off to the side and flutter okay she she kind of spends five or ten seconds like a slightly uncomfortably long time kind of memorizing your face yeah he is like awkwardly just kind of rocking on his heels a little bit and yeah and then she hands you the medallion and says welcome to the guild Thank you. I, it's nothing personal. I just would like to know that I recognize all our members. Of course. Steps back into the office, 
looks around and says, and you, you need one. Hands um, a, uh, the last of the medallions up to Alusha. Alusha uh, accepts it um, with kind of a slow, slow but graceful nod. Um, and uh, kind of holds it to her breast for a moment before pocketing it. Liesl um, sort of walks back behind her desk and says, okay, now that you're all one of us, I should probably introduce myself. My name's Liesl, I'm the guild mistress here. My first assistant is Orlan, you've met him, he's the tiefling. He kind of handles front of house and will give you most of your work. We plan on starting you off on, I don't know which run it is, one of the local ones. Most of this stuff doesn't have a hard and fast deadline for when you need to deliver it. We will tell you if it's urgent. Otherwise, don't go on any international field trips in between making your deliveries. But if people have paid for urgent delivery, they pay extra and we'll tell you. Just get there reasonably promptly and you'll be fine. Pick up anything that's to come back. Charge for it appropriately. Come on back. Don't die on the way. Any questions? Oh, I should tell you, you are officially now where I got it. She flicks through the paperwork on her desk. And says, uh, you are. You are distance team 42. For the purposes of wages and account. Great. That distance team 42? Yes. Okay. That's us. That's you. Perfect. And whoever the other bunch are will be team 43. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very straightforward system. I don't like complicated. About 41. Should be about halfway to Kiesfurt by now. But she smiles at you for that one. You feel free to name yourselves, but when we pay you, we will call you Team 42. So it's it's really up to you. Um, there is a, at this point a tentative knock quite low down on the door in a way that suggests it might be the halfling who's knocking. And Lisa says, could one of you get that, please? I overachieve over and open the door. It, it oh. is. It is the, the other. Will almost. Will almost runs into Fern because he was also going <laughs> to open the door. <laughs> I think just in terms of inertia, I know who comes out best in that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing my armor at the moment. I'm... Oh, I was yeah. going to say Fern would probably win because I, I think she wears armor. But uh, you know what? I don't know. So you bump into each other and there's an awkward moment of who's going to dodge in which direction. Yep. yep. Before somebody does manage to actually open the door and equally awkwardly, the soon-to-be-minted Team 43 comes in and you shuffle around them out into the hallway where you meet Orlan the Tiefling who says, great, we'll sign up. Yep. Hip, hip, hooray, let's do some paperwork. 
I look genuinely enthusiastic, I think. He was making a joke, but actually he clearly appreciates your enthusiasm. Good. And he leads you back into, into the, the first room, the, the one with the, the counter and the, the benches for waiting and, and writing letters at. And lets you shuffle through his fold-up bit. Puts the counter down. Brings out a little stack of papers. Says, okay. Paperwork. Do you want to go first? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Picks up a, a quill. Well, it's not a quill, actually. It's a, it's a wooden pen with a well-used metal nib on the end. And a half-full inkwell. He leans down over the counter, which is slightly uncomfortably low for him because he's quite a tall man. And says, what's your full name, please? Bring thy fuel to the furnace. Sorry, say that again? Slower? Bring thy fuel to the furnace. And, and this time he does write it down and, and puts the hyphens in. And I, I think I lean over to check if the hyphens are there and then nod. <laughs> that the hyphens are appropriately placed. Uh, he says, do you have a preferred shortening? Uh, call me Fern. Puts that down in brackets. Uh, you're Team 42, aren't you? Yep. Writing that down. In the event of misadventure, who would you like your last set of wages to be sent to? Um, if you... I'm, just, I'm actually just checking the background document of guessing which of these people should be... Um, okay. Should I say the Bishop or the Keeper of Works? I think that's, uh... Um, you could just say the organisation. He would certainly tell. Yeah, okay, fair. Uh, yeah, if you, if you, um, send them to the, uh, send them to the Cathedral of the Simeon Flame, um, they'll... That's fine. He writes down Cathedral. He just writes Cathedral. He doesn't bother specifying <laughs> the church, because there is only one place called the Cathedral. And do you have anyone else you'd like us to notify if anything happens to you? Not that we expect it to. It's just, you know, covering the base. Um, I, I think, I think at this point I'm thinking about it. Um, well, that that's fine. You can you can add anyone you think of. Yeah. Anytime okay. you like. Yeah. Who's next? Anyone? Sure, sure, yep. Yeah. Hi, hi. Hi. Got a fresh sheet of paper ready. What's your name, love? Uh, hi, I'm Terpsichore. He thinks for a moment, but then he has a pretty good stab at writing that one down. Mm -hmm. Probably has a K in it, whereas it shouldn't be one. Mm -hmm. That's fine, Terpsichore does not point this out. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And in the event of misadventure, where would you like your last set of wages to go? Um, I guess just just send them to Leon. They say, as assuming that obviously, how big is this town anyway? This is a substantial city. This is the second yeah, biggest cool. city in the country. 
So Sigri says that, and then like there's beating the, uh, Leon at the he back door. He definitely doesn't know who Leon is. He is looking at you with some. Leon at the back door, not like a back door, the back door. It's called the back door. Oh, the the pub. Yeah, I've heard of that place. Yeah, yeah. Just send it to Leon. Just Leon at the back door pub. And any anyone else you'd like us to notify if anything happens to you? Um. Oh. Uh. Could you tell? Could you tell, I guess, the Featherwind Church and... Sure, sure, we can do that. Uh, if you could let Annette Bosworthy know as well. An eyebrow goes up, because he does know um, who that is, she's... distantly. No, I know uh, who that she's... is, that's fine. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> he, there's a certain degree of intrigue, but he's politely not asking questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't just just say something like that. I'll be filled with a sudden urge to impolitely ask questions. (laughs) Wait, now is this in or out of character? Oh, no, this is... Sorry, that comment was out of character. The in-character comment is, oh, how do you know Annette? Um, oh, uh, we're friends. Okay. Uh, for... Um, I assume it's probably I assume if you know her it's probably obvious to you that I'd have seen her around the cathedral uh yeah yeah probably just like that's 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 not remarkable not nearly as remarkable as an obviously disreputable entertainer wanting her notified I I object to being described as obviously disreputable you were cooking an egg egg in your your hand hand. (laughs) I put it to you that that is an actual great display of my showmanship and craft that I can cook an egg in my hand. That's not what we were arguing. Well then. Anyway, are there any more questions? No, that's it. it no, that's fine. Okay. He looks at the two of you who are left, who are the ones who really stand out the most, because although. Topsikiri is an elf. They're not kind of... They look like they're part of the life of the city in a way that Alusha looks a little bit more like a visitor or, or an outsider of some kind. And real... Even nowadays, you don't see a lot of drow. Uh, Rill is going to uh, sidle up to the counter. Uh, Agardan Rill Dotral. Say it again slower for me. Agardan, Rill, Dothral. And he's going to point out the places where uh, various marks and such should go. Orlan patiently corrects his spelling until he has it to your satisfaction. I like him. Have you got a short form? Just Rill. Just Rill, okay. In... In the event of your death, who would you like your last wages to go to? You're all looking at me. The The reason we ask that is so that none of you have an incentive to murder all the others and collect the whole set of wages, which has never happened. But Rill raises his eyebrows at this. <laughs> which that's... Orlan can't see because the sun is behind you and you're wearing a veil. Oh, yes, that's right. He still <laughs> raises his eyebrows just <laughs> a little bit. To himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that seems more specific. <laughs> that seems more worrying than doing it just because you think we might get killed by bandits. Mm-hmm. I didn't design the paperwork. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, surely you can redesign it. Yeah. How can I put this? People who are looking for long-distance lives of adventure are sometimes running away from their previous lives of adventure. <laughs> I aren't thinking of this as a long-term job prospect. Making it a little bit less profitable seems advisable. I, I think I look at the rest of the team at this point in a sort of do any of you look murdery sort of way. Real just sort of shrugs at him? <sighs> okay, that, I mean, that that makes Alicia, sense, I suppose. Alicia carefully avoids eye contact. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God! Which definitely helps. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, in case I do get murdered in my bedroll, uh, you can send uh, my payment to the Dotral house in uh, Kemadosh. Well, it might take a while to reach them, but we'll do that. Uh, Anyone here in the city you'd like us to to inform? uh, Yes, uh, Squirrel Keeper Arave. Sure. And he he writes that down with with the confidence of one who has heard that name before. Hmm. And probably asked about the spelling that time. Uh, and that's it. Okay. And that leaves you, Miss. Alicia steps forward and um, uh, kind of leans very carefully on the on the counter. Okay. What's your name? Lucia. Lucia. Same question as the rest. Where would you like your payment to go if you don't come back? To my family in Aldrean. Well, it'll definitely take a while to get there, but we can send it. We'll need it. And anyone else you'd like us to inform? Um, Seldana, Galathar's daughter. Oh, the Featherwind, yeah. Yes. He notes that down, shuffles his little stack of now eight pieces of paper, you and the previous team, puts them under his desk, says, uh, okay, so your first delivery is fairly close by. Technically, you're leaving the country, but by a couple of miles, Uh, we need you to go to Hyderal. Which you may have heard. High Doral. As in, not low Doral, which is Uh, a lot further. It's up in the mountains. Uh, You follow the river. Just uh, follow the Elks River just all the way up. And where it starts in the mountains, that's High Doral. There used to be dwarves there. There's, There's not anymore, but there's a new mining operation, and we have. Some parcels for them, so that's that's where you're going. 
Uh, we expect that's going to take you not more than a week. Okay. If they want cool. anything brought back. We're a couriers guild, not a freight guild. Because the Guild of Carters will get really annoyed with us if we cut into their business. Mm. So we don't take anything that is too big or heavy to carry. Parcels, not shipments. If it's medium-sized... Oh, hang on. Should have thought of this. He pulls open one of his drawers and kind of shuffles through and goes, no, that's extra long. There we are, medium distance. Pulls out a, a piece of parchment on which has been very carefully in small writing written a list of kind of sample prices. Pushes that over the counter to you and says, if they do have anything that's really urgent or they're willing to pay a premium on it, you can use that list of prices. It's not the end of the world if we get the prices long. It's just more about consistency for the customers. Sure. You get paid when you get back. If and you decide... Where are... oh, sorry, go ahead. No, ask me a question. Oh, uh, when are we picking up these parcels? I'm going to give them to you now. Unless you can't go today, in which case I'll give them to you tomorrow. No, no, go ahead. Uh, if you don't want to come back, that's fine. We'll just send your wages to whoever you specified. People do just sometimes decide they want to throw in the towel 300 miles from home. Um, we will hold your pay for a month before we send it anywhere. If you're going to be later than that, send a message, I guess. Or hope that whoever you're sending it to will give it back. But if it's going all the way to Aldrey, then that could be a challenge. We do have rooms here while you're in the city, but they're more dormitories, unless you're planning on living here full time, which you're a distance team. I don't see why you would. Uh, but we have got places for you to stay while you're in town if you need them. There's a common room mess hall you can use while you're here as well. Oh, yeah, don't take any deliveries that are inside the city. There's a there's a contract thing. Okay, so... Okay. Because uh, local you... teams handle that? Exactly, exactly. So if you're bringing anything back with you, bring it to here. And we'll send it out from here. Just to cool. keep everything, keep track of anything. Uh, any questions on logistics? Oh, yeah, payment. Tell you how much you're getting. Flicks through another bit of paperwork. Uh, for this run, particularly heavy, hi. Yeah, for this run, you're looking at uh, 74 gold each. Is that all right? I say, is that all right? What I mean is, will you take the job? It's not really a negotiable price. Yeah. I not. So we're carrying like... That works for me. I don't know what's in the parcels, to be honest with you. Well, one of them's clearly books. But I don't know what's in the others. If you'll wait a sec, I'll, I'll grab them for you. Wait, does that mean we're carrying a thousand parcels between us? Uh, no. It's four and some letters. 
Wait, what are the charges? <laughs> Sorry? What are the delivery charges? I have not written a, a list of delivery charges for you yet. Okay. So I, I cannot reel them off for you. Okay. Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> they, they are as yet undefined. Excellent. But Orland sort of actually has to duck down and, and search for some stuff behind his counter. There's clearly a whole system of what lives back there. There's pigeonholes where things are sorted by some arcane set of numbers. There's various sacks in which unsorted mail is being put. It's a whole system mostly happening Jake in his head. Of, Alicia kind of surreptitiously peers around the, the counter um, to try to observe. Um, he notices you doing this, but doesn't seem to mind because you work here now. <laughs> he, he pulls out this stack of carefully wrapped in waxed paper and in one case further wrapped in cotton parcels sets them on the counter there's another little bundle of only two or three letters stands up hand on them yeah i mean that one at the bottom's books probably who knows what's in the others we don't ask we just ask how much they weigh pushes them whole stack across the counter to you that the whole set together is stacked up it's maybe a foot high and the whole thing is one person could comfortably carry the whole stack it, it's okay. not an excessive burden you're not being used as a uh, draft horses okay cool If you want a um, a guild sack, the satchel thing to carry them, and we've got those, but a lot of the distance teams don't like using them because it makes it a little bit more of a target for anyone attacking you. Okay. Up to you. We've got them if you want. No, that's cool. Um, I should probably fetch my own like travel kit. I didn't expect oh yeah, to yeah. I'm not. I'm not expecting you to walk out the city gates right now. Uh, we can hang on to these if you want to stop in on your way back through, or you can take them with you now. I think if you keep them for now, I've not really got anything I could uh, carry things in. And I, I kind of glance over at the others and um, and say, probably best if we if we leave the um, leave the heavy end of it for me. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Great. All that nods and picks up the stack again and puts them back on the shelf. All right, then. Uh, those are there for you whenever you're ready. I would suggest you get to know each other at least a little bit. Going to take you Iderals, hmm, probably three days. So you'll have plenty of time to get to know each other on the road, I'm sure. Go get your stuff, get yourself sorted. I'll see you back later. Okay, cool. I and... would like um, I don't I don't we don't need to spend much time on this, but um I'd like to take a moment to um find was it Martel, the the kid who was Yeah badly yeah. I'd like to give him some tips on how to sword. Now I'd like to be very clear. 
Fern is an appallingly bad teacher. <laughs> like, okay, so you go, is... you go, kind of wandering the guild's house looking for Martel, yeah, and you find him licking his wounded dignity. Oh, oh God! I'm about, in, in so the I, back I, room where he's so he's I... sorting post into sections to be picked up for delivery around the city, and this is all almost all letters. So I'm going to barge in and make it worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I basically... <laughs> he looks at you as you come in and kind of... Hi. Hi, uh, Martel, isn't it? Yeah, so the mistake you were making... Um... <laughs> and I, I kind of give him some... Some of what would be very useful advice if I wasn't frame it if it wasn't kind of framed around here is what you were doing wrong um i'm trying to help roll a persuasion check oh oh i love those i'm sure you're I great at those i got a five yeah he starts off willing to hear what he's doing wrong because he kind of he really wants to be cool enough to go and, and do the distance deliveries Mm-hmm. And after about 30 seconds, he looks, starts looking very sullen. And after about a minute, he actually physically turns away from you and goes back to stacking his letters. <laughs> I, I think I sort of probably carry on a little bit longer than that. Mm, no, probably not much, actually. But I go, um, yeah, just something to think about and head off to get my stuff. <laughs> so you have now um, been fully introduced to who Fern is as a person. As as you are walking <laughs> away and the conversation is clearly over, you hear this very sarcastic yeah. <laughs> Oof. Yep. Um yeah. So Fern has done exactly <laughs> what Fern would do. Um before ideally before Fern splits off, to mm-hmm. take you probably like turn around kind of give everyone a bright smile and be like, so I figure if we all meet at the at the back door in like an hour or so with our stuff, then we can sit and have a drink, get to know each other before we set off. Um, like winning smiles all around. I was I was assuming we'd uh we'd just be heading heading straight out once we'd uh, got our things together. Oh, I mean we we could, but we could get to know each other first. Do that on the road, we- can't we? It shifts uncomfortably in place. Uh, Tupsikiri, you would know. It's about 10am. The back door's yeah. not open yet. <laughs> the back door will not be open until mid-afternoon. Oh, shoot. No earliest. rooms. No rooms is an important line that I missed in my brief. It's not open yet. Okay, never mind. Um... <laughs> other, other taverns are available, but no, that your, your favourite one is definitely the proprietor is in bed. Yeah, I, I misread my brief. Sorry. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, probably maybe suggesting somewhere else in that case, but, you know, same same difference. Um, oh, yeah, there's, there's, there, there, are, there are places. Yeah, yeah. No tickers? No? I mean, that's fine. We could just go. We could just go instead. That's fine, too. Uh, Lucia just kind of uh, steps back noticeably. 
That was what I was planning on. But if you cool. have something you need to take care of first. That's fine. I... Hey. Man, we're going to have a cool, fun time together. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, I, I just... Kind of, Alusha, under her breath, kind of mutters, a cool, fun time. <laughs> it's so exciting <laughs> for once in my role-playing career not to be playing the massive downer. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I'm really branching out, breaking out of my stereotyping. Um, Will is going to extend an olive branch and um, hand, uh, hand. How, please pronounce your character's name again for me. Tipsickery. Tipsickery. Uh, he's going to hand Tipsickery um a handkerchief uh for their hand. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And obviously I wiped the egg off my hand. Um, <laughs> Finally. It has been bothering real the entire time. <laughs> Finally, task completed, plus five experience. <laughs> After how much time has passed. <laughs> Oh, it, it it's not particularly well cooked egg, so it does it does wipe off pretty easily. Yeah, Has, didn't didn't get cooked enough to harden. It <laughs> seemed like a good idea at the time. It was a great idea. It just didn't quite come off. Okay, shall yes, shall we? Um, shall we maybe skip ahead to like on the road somewhere or? So unless anyone has anything, you know, if anyone wants to go and say any specific goodbyes or set anything specific up for, for their travels. Lucia, Lucia doesn't have anyone to say goodbye to. Um, I think... Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'll probably, um, I'll probably sort of drop in on a couple of people at the cathedral while I'm grabbing my things, basically go tell, you know, just sort of fairly straightforwardly tell them I'll be out of town for a bit. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm assuming you weren't applying for this job in the deepest of secrecy, so they probably know that you were. I don't think Fern has quite registered why people would ever do anything in the deepest of secrecy. Yeah, so <laughs> they, are, they are not surprised to see you going because they knew this was the plan and they congratulate you on having gotten the job you were looking for and wish you luck on the road. One of the choristers does have this slight look of relief. Um, because they, they do tend to go flat on the descants. And you do tend to point this out to them. Yep. Yep, that, yeah. But they're not, just... they're not mean about it. They just have this sort of slight undercurrent of, oh, I get a week off. <laughs> yep. Uh, Rill's already said his his goodbyes and gathered his things. Um, he probably also would have fed the fish in the pond um, that the, <laughs> the the night maidens like half of the temple, you know, keeps. But um, yeah, he's just gonna hang out at the uh, post office until everybody else gets back there. Cool, cool. Uh, once, if everyone else is going off, then once he sees you're on your own, Orlan will show you to the mess room. Um, and point out, it's pretty much, you know, here's the kettle. 
here's the bread bin. Here's the jam. <laughs> it's the room is quite big. The pantry is quite small. It's definitely a people are passing through on their tea breaks kind of place. Mm-hmm. But it, it at least means that you're you're not sitting out front in the place where people are writing their letters. Good plan. You're in the staff room instead. Then he is going to make himself some tea and wait for his uh, party. He, he'll get a couple of interested looks from people passing through. Um, but as he's wearing the guild pendant, nobody kind of challenges him. Oh, do I see that dwarf from earlier? Um, yeah, actually. They, the four of them kind of come by in a group and they're being shown around the guild by Orlan. And the, the dwarf kind of hangs back. Oh, real freezes and just sort of stays as still as possible as a defense mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the dwarf kind of hangs back for a second and then resolutely does not stare at you and mm. lets herself be shown around and there is there is no aggression, but there's definitely a ah yes, one of you. Yup. <laughs> but otherwise, no, nothing of great in, great interest occurs while you were waiting. Alrighty. Alicia, you didn't have anything you wanted to do, did you? I think Alicia takes a minute to. Um give a silent goodbye to a cat that she has befriended um, since, she's, since she's been here. Uh, so she just uh, very silently says goodbye to um, this very friendly cat. Uh, yeah, the, the cat purrs and pet maybe pet. tries to climb into your lap. Oh, you have to take it with you. She allows it for a moment, but then she gently sets it down and says, sorry, love. It says, meow. <laughs> and then goes back to its catty business. It's it's it probably has people who feed it, but also it spends a lot of time outdoors and is used to the idea that people are busy. And Tupsikari, did you want to do anything before you head out? I mean, nothing like exciting. Like right. probably stop by and pray, grab my stuff. Cool. So you all get your stuff. You swing back to the guild, sort of drifting in over the course of ten minutes or so. Collect Rill from the staff room, collect your parcels from Orlan at the desk. Sign a piece of paper to say that you have taken these parcels, because good record keeping is important. And you head out into the lovely early springtime sun. There's a chill in the air, but you're going to be walking, so that's fine. Along the cobbled streets of the city and out. Onto the road, and that's where we will pick up again next episode. Woo! I love you guys. <laughs> this is D and D. I fully expect you to murder someone at some point in ways that are absolutely totally illegal. <laughs> <laughs>